Today is the second Sunday after the Epiphany. The epistle for the second Sunday after the Epiphany is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Romans, chapter 12. Brethren, we have different gifts according to the grace that is given us, either prophecy to be used according to the rule of faith, or ministry in ministering, or he that teacheth in doctrine, he that exhorteth in exhorting, he that giveth with simplicity, he that ruleth with carefulness, he that sheweth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation, hating that which is evil, cleaving to that which is good, loving one another with the charity of the brotherhood, with honor preventing one another, in carefulness not slothful, in spirit fervent, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, instant in prayer, communicating to the necessities of the saints, pursuing hospitality. Bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Being of one mind, one towards another, not minding high things, but consenting to the humble. And the Holy Gospel. is taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 2. At that time, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and Jesus also was invited and his disciples to the marriage. And the wine failing, the mother of Jesus saith to him, They have no wine. And Jesus saith to her, Woman, what is it to me and to thee? My hour is not yet come. His mother saith to the waiters, Whatsoever he shall say to you, do ye. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three measures apiece. Jesus saith to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And Jesus saith to them, Draw out now and carry to the chief steward of the feast. And they carried it. And when the chief steward had tasted the water made wine and knew not whence it was, but the waiters knew who had drawn the water, the chief steward calleth the bridegroom and saith to him, Every man at first setteth forth good wine, and when men have drunk freely, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and he manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. The mother of Jesus was there, and Jesus also was invited to the marriage. And these words are taken from the gospel of today's Mass in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear friends, St. Augustine tells us that the names of the wedding couple at Cana are not mentioned because in these two young people, every future married couple, and in fact, every Catholic, no matter their vocation, 
must fill in their own names. We too are to invite Jesus and Mary into our lives, into our homes, and into our hearts, so that it could be said of us, the mother of Jesus was there, and Jesus also was invited into their life. I am sure that St. Augustine was inspired with this pious thought as he saw his own mother, St. Monica, live this way with Jesus and Mary ever at her side. St. Monica was born and raised in North Africa, which was at the time under the Roman Empire. She was raised in a Catholic household But because Christianity was a minority in that part of the country, when she reached the age of marriage, her parents gave her as a wife to a non-Catholic, a man by the name of Patricius. Patricius was pagan, and although he loved Monica, and he did have some generous qualities, overall he really was not a good husband. He lived the life of a Roman pagan to the fullest. He was particularly impatient and impetuous with her, always prone to anger and to breaking out into tirades. And unfortunately, he he was often unfaithful to his wife. However, despite her husband's sinful life, St. Monica was determined to gain him for God. Together, this couple had three children, a boy by the name of Navigius, a daughter named Perpetua, and of course, the famous Augustine. And St. Monica's one desire was that her family be always united, if not here on earth, at least forever in heaven. She loved her husband dearly, and she loved her children with a true maternal Catholic love. For St. Monica really understood what love is, what marriage is really about. She understood that love is not just feelings, as feelings eventually fade away. That love is so much more. It is the desire for the good of someone else. Above all, it is the desire for the eternal salvation of another, despite the difficulties it entails. It is this desire, along with a willingness to sacrifice anything, to sacrifice self for the good of the one loved. Thus, St. Monica put her all into saving the souls of those under her care. Despite the pagan world and customs surrounding them, even in the face of her own husband's sinful habits, St. Monica knew she could win her family for God if she did what the couple in the Gospel of today's Mass did. That is, invite Jesus and Mary into her home, into her life. Every morning and night, 
between her duties at every reasonable opportunity, St. Monica was on her knees begging God, beseeching the Blessed Mother to convert her husband, her wayward son Augustine, and to save the souls of Navigius and Perpetua. But she didn't stop there. She brought Christ with her every day by her constant virtue. It's amazing, St. Augustine, who tells about her life, he said that St. Monica never complained, his mother never complained about Patricius, no matter his rage and infidelity. In fact, when she got together with the other women of the village who enjoyed gossiping and complaining about their husbands, never was a criticizing word heard from her lips about her husband. Instead, she tried to hide her husband's faults from all of his friends. She practiced great patience. There's a story that one day she was constantly being pulled away from her prayers by the demands and rantings of her husband. And when she finally returned to her prayer book, the letters on the pages were changed, changed to gold. Our Lord was thus showing her that her perseverance and patience, her virtue, was gaining her golden graces for her loved one. These graces won by prayer and virtue and her truly Catholic life gained her husband's heart. Her patience with him was heroic so that he was left in awe at this woman, his wife, who could smile and be cheerful in the midst of his shameful failures. After many years of carrying her cross heroically, at last her prayers were heard. And her husband, Patricius, became a Catholic. And with his baptism, he became a mild, modest, and worthy follower of Christ and a worthy spouse of the saintly Monica. It's interesting, he died a year after his conversion. Her other children, too, saved their souls. Navigius was a model Catholic who, carried, who married and had two daughters and a son, all of whom entered religious life. Her daughter, Perpetua, joined a convent where she became an abbess. And, of course, Augustine, who was the wayward son of many tears and prayers, was also finally won by his mother's efforts. He was converted baptized, eventually became a priest and even a bishop. And we know him today as the great St. Augustine, one of the most renowned fathers of the church. What a triumph, my dear friends. A whole family gloriously united in heaven for all eternity. All through the love of this mother, St. Monica. I am sure that each and every one of us want to be united in heaven with our loved ones as well. 
And so we ask ourselves, what was the secret to St. Monica's success? And the secret was she invited Christ into her home. Our Savior was part of her everyday life. In her prayers, in the practice of virtue, and the exercises of piety. Her Catholic faith was not just something she practiced on Sunday. It was something for each and every day. She made the faith important in her life so that it would eventually become important in the lives of the ones she loved. And because Jesus and Mary were there in her home and in her heart, the great miracle was wrought. The transformation of a once immoral, angry soul into a great Catholic husband. And through years, the transformation of a great sinner, her son Augustine, into a Catholic bishop, into one of the greatest saints of the early church. More than water was changed in the home of St. Monica. Souls were transformed. They were raised up. They were sanctified, just as water was transformed into wine in the gospel of today's Mass. Let us, my dear friends, like St. Monica, always invite our Lord and Our Lady into our homes so that we too can receive the spiritual benefits they provide and so that we can gain heaven by their assistance. Let us do this by calling upon them in prayer, by imitating their virtues, and by really making the faith important in our day-to-day -day life. Uh, we can make this practical by praying the family rosary each and every day, <clears throat> striving to be patient by cheerfulness when things get chaotic in the house, doing our duties well. And we can also make the faith important in our homes by little things such as celebrating feast days, the feast days of the saints, reminding the children and each other about making sacrifices, even talking about the saints at the dinner table, not in a regimented and scheduled way, but every once in a while we should bring up the life of a saint. We shouldn't be ashamed to talk about how heroic the martyrs were in giving their blood for Jesus or how patient the lives of the saints were. Talking about these things will not only inspire us, but inspire our children as well to practice their faith better. St. Augustine actually recalls how, in his autobiography, how before and after his conversion, his mother would often bring up the topic of heaven and of joining the saints there, which he said inspired him which encouraged him to persevere in his faith. Because remember, my dear faithful, we live in a world like Monica's pagan one, 
a world that is constantly pulling us away from God through worldliness. Even in our pockets, most of us have some kind of phone or device that is, for the most part, distracting us from reality. And this is the materialistic, the atheistic, the really selfish world that our children are growing up in. And so we as parents or friends, as relatives, and for those, who are, for those of us who are single as well, each one of us as Catholics need to fill the void, this void, by focusing some attention on what really matters. And so these simple things, the catechism, helping the kids memorize the catechism, looking at the catechism ourselves, uh, setting up a holy shrine in the house, reminding our loved ones that amidst all the lights, the good fun, and the presents, the real reason for Christmas is the Christ child. <clears throat> the center of our homes should not be the television set should rather be the nativity scene. It should be the crucifix or a statue of Our Lady. These are little practical ways of making Jesus and Mary a part of our life. Little ways that can have such a lasting effect on souls. It may very well be that these little things make the difference in the salvation of your loved ones. <clears throat> God forbid if one were to lose the faith. It is often memories, these prayers, the joy, the fundamental Catholic lessons, and these practices that help bring those souls back. And my dear friends, if perhaps we are in a position where a dear loved one has fallen away from the faith, do not give up hope, but rather continue to imitate St. Monica. Look to Jesus and Mary. Ask that they touch the heart of the wayward swan. So my dear friends, be inspired, be encouraged by the success of St. Monica, who lived really an ordinary life, just as we do, who had difficulties and trials, just as we do, but was successful, just as we can be. St. Monica shows us that these little things invite Christ into the, into the home. They make him and Mary the center by making the faith important. And my dear friends, if we do the same, we and our loved ones will be united in heaven for all eternity. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.